but we're glad you are here. Most of all, I'm glad for the presence of the Lord. That's the most important thing. Hallelujah. Amen. We just thank God for his goodness. I, uh, I do, again, I thank each and every one for your birthday blessings and the cards and the, and the various um, uh, things that we received. I thank the Lord that he has um, uh, blessed us and kept us these um, uh, 64 years. Uh, and um, my, how things have changed during that time. Amen. We live in a totally different world today than we used to. Amen. But God is still God. And he's still on the throne. And whether or not you think it, he's still in control. Hallelujah. And I praise him for that and I glorify him for that. Amen. Hallelujah. I will let everybody know, for those who don't know um, as of yet, uh, in our uh, past business meeting, we uh, uh, discussed uh, security uh, for the church and the people that come together. People do not have respect for anything no more, not even God's house. And uh, it it bothers me to even have to deal with these kind of issues. But with the shootings and killings that even goes on in church houses today, I understand that um, God protects us, but um, I'm also a believer that God helps those that help themselves. And God t- uh, expects us to take a little responsibility. And so we're in the process of taking steps. And uh, in our last business meeting, uh, for those of you that was here, you, you know that we have uh, putting together a security team. Brother Kyle Beach is over that security team. And we discussed installation of security cameras. We have them up now and operational. Uh, and um, we, we've got these small little camera station. We, we don't have as many up as we're going to have up, but uh, there's constant eye going on all the time and um, picking up not only sight but also sound. And um, uh, we uh, got it hooked up and we got uh, some that is, uh, watching video of the parking lot and the front door of the church and everything, even right now, uh, on iPads and things of that nature. So uh, we do have all that set up and in place uh, and uh, to um, just to help out in areas uh, like, uh, like that. And so we do have that up and running. Remember again, uh, service tonight at 6 o'clock. And uh, we'll be back to worship the Lord. There will not be a service next week since we're having our quarterly uh, birthday and anniversary dinners next Sunday. Uh, there will not be a Sunday service next week. So please come out tonight and uh, uh, 
pastor will be ministering again tonight unless the Lord decides to take it over, and that will be all right too. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I, um, uh, Sister Darlene, when I came out this morning fixing to leave, uh, she uh, looked at me in my, uh, in, my, in my coat and everything that I got on. She says, you look like the Godfather. I said, yeah, I'm going to give them an offer that they can't refuse. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many knows the Holy Ghost has got something offered? We better not refuse. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, sometimes we get so uh, beaten down and, and brow beaten by various things uh, and uh, a lot of times we go for days at a time and we don't hear anything to encourage us. Amen. And always the other way. Amen. Uh, I mean, you can, ask, you can ask Brother Paul over here. Uh, a few weeks ago, I believe it was on Wednesday night, he had a rough day. Every, he said everything that could went wrong did go wrong. He come to the house of the Lord, and even the pastor got on him, started calling him worldly willy. Hallelujah. <laughs> but um, the Lord has been speaking in my spirit, and if you got a, at a bulletin today, The scripture in Psalms, it's on the front of the bulletin. Uh, Sister Darlene had handed me that yesterday to uh, uh, look over. And when I looked at that, something clicked in my spirit. And I'm going to be speaking from that today. And um, I'm going to read the whole context of that scripture more reading than what I normally do before I, 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 begin, I begin my preaching, but you need to get a hold of all of this. Psalms chapter 31, verses 1 through 15. Psalms chapter 31, verses 1 through 15. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and this is what it reads. In you, O Lord... I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy. For you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities. 
and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. I have a feeling there's some other folks been in that same situation here today. My eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. Notice that. Especially among my neighbors. And I am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man out of mind. Wow. I am like a broken vessel, for I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side, while they take counsel together against me. They scheme to take my life away. Verse 14. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from those who persecute me. I'm going to be focusing on verse 14 and the first part of verse 15. It said, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Fathers, we come today. I thank you and I praise you for what we have felt already. There's been a great presence in our midst. And I'm asking God today, I know that there are some people here that's suffering as David was. They're going through grief and pain and sorrow. There's some people here that feel like they've been attacked by many adversaries on every side. But I'm asking you now to use this to lift up those who've been cast down, to encourage those who have felt defeat, because you are the author and the finisher of our faith, in Jesus' mighty name, let the church say, I feel I've got a word from the Lord today. Not just a regular Sunday sermon, but a word from the Lord. Some of you are going through something. You've been going through it a while. Some of you are fixing to face something. But God sent me here on this Lord's Day to preach this message. My future is in God's hands. Somebody didn't hear what I said. My future 
is in God's hands. Glory, give him a hand clap of praise. I wonder if you've ever thought about your future and what it will hold. Have you imagined where that you will be and what you will be doing in X amount of years from now? Well, I believe most people have done that at one time or the other in their life. I can remember, I remembered this yesterday on my birthday, I can remember in my second grade class, sitting there as the teacher was talking about, she said, all of y'all children don't realize it, but every one of you are going to be alive at the turn of the century when we go from one of the old century to a new one, the year 2000. Teacher, the teacher said, now I won't be around to see that. She said, but y'all will live to see that. She said, most of you will be in your 40s, in your middle 40s when that track takes place. When she said that, I said, 40s, wow, that's old. Well, I passed that 18 years ago, and I'm not no longer 46, I'm 64. And now I say, that's not old. Just as the second grade boy thought about his future and how it would be to be 40 year, 46 years old, all of us in this sanctuary have got some kind of future ahead of us. And we all are moving toward a destiny which for some would be hard to imagine at this season in your life. But one day it will be realized just the same. Sometimes when we get so caught up in a particular season that we are in, it becomes hard to imagine anything else. David in Psalms 31 was struggling in in his present circumstances. And he contemplated his future, but not with worry or concern that anyone could alter or affect that outcome. You see, as a child, David already had heard from God. As a child, an old gray-headed man by the name of Samuel came and poured oil on him and put an anointing in his life and called him out for something. That you can get a hold of what the Lord's stirring in my soul this morning. And so David, he was contemplating his future. He had, it hadn't all come to fruition yet at this time when he wrote Psalms 31. But he didn't have a worry about his future. 
He didn't, he wasn't concerned that anyone could alter or affect the outcome. Look at verse 14 in the first part of verse 15 again. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Now, maybe that don't jump out at you um, enough, so I'm going to read it again in God's Word translation, uh, um, uh, another translation. Hallelujah. See what it says. I trust you, O Lord, I said. You are my God. My future is in your hands. (laughs) Oh, glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Rescue me from my enemies, from those who persecute me. David was going through some stuff at that time. And he was concerned about a lot of things. But he wasn't concerned about the future. He knew God had already outlined the future for him. And he knew one thing. Brother Wayne, his future wasn't in the hands of all those people and things that were causing him trouble. Right there is the greatest peace that anybody could ever have. Amen. Do you understand? Sister Tina, your future is in God's hands. You're going through anxiety and and upset and worry and all that stuff. Let me tell you what can eradicate that from you. If you could ever realize that your future is in the hands of God. There, it's the greatest peace that anybody could ever have. If you really know your future's in God's hands. the question everybody in this house today what are your concerns right now what are you concerned about what are you having to deal with what is your concern is health your major concern is your employer or the lack of one your major concern our children your major concern? Or could it just be simply life in general is what that you're all tied up about? Well, God wants me to assure you that when you become like David and you can honestly say, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to trust you. All this stuff, Brother Jeff, is happening. My world seems to be falling apart and crumbling all around me. But David said, as for me, I trust.
trust in you, O oh Lord. What I'm trying to tell you right now, if you can get that buried in your spirit and understand that, hallelujah, that your future is in the hands of God. You say that I'm going to trust God no matter what. I'm going to trust Him when my bank account is full or when it's empty. I'm going to trust Him when my car has gas and it don't have. Hallelujah. I'm like the Apostle Paul. Let's pause it out, learn whatever state I'm in, there to be content. He said, I know how to be hungry and how to be full. Whoop, whoop, what? Man, all these experts today just worry about everything and they want you to tie down the kids in the car and everybody do this. I've been through those days where we traveled all over this country in an old station wagon where the back seat faced the upper way and the kids piled back there going off to the revival, driving on, not B.F. Goodrich, but on Maypops. Been there, done that. That allows me to say, Lord, I'm trusting you. And when I trust him, I can understand that my future is in his hand. My future is in his hands. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, no matter what, I trust you. So what what are those concerns that I mentioned a while ago and asked you about? See, when you understand and you declare to the devil right in the old booger man's face that no matter what, you're still going to serve God, you're still going to trust God, Hallelujah. hallelujah, then you can begin to say, my health is in his hands. Is health your biggest concern? When you know that your future is in the hands of God, you can say, my health is in his hands. It ain't in the doctor's hand. Mm. Whoop, glory to God. You can say, my finances are in his hands. Let me talk a little bit about David's dilemma right here. Let's talk just a little bit about the dilemma that David was going through. Psalms 31 was a favorite uh, text among many Jewish readers I found out. And some people don't realize it, but Jesus himself quoted from Psalms 31 when he was dying on the cross, when he said, into thy hands... (laughs) I come in my spirit. That's what Jesus was quoted from. He told the soldiers, hey, he said, you can have my back for beating, 
You can have my head for the crown of thorns. You can have my side for the spear. But I'm giving my spirit to the Father. You ain't going to take that. You might take everything else, but you ain't taking my spirit. Hallelujah. Today, as we look back on Psalms 31, which was actually a prayer and supplication that David was praying, we weren't told at what juncture in David's life this dissertation was written. It is of a surety penned out of attacks and conflicts from enemies He should have been his confidants and allies because he said this wasn't they just coming from regular enemies that were coming from my neighbors. Hallelujah. These people were conspiring to stop him, kill him, and end any chance of hopeful future. <laughs> Glory to God. Ain't it amazing? All these celebrities and politicians, such as and so called preachers, some of them by the name of Hillary, some of them by, by the name of Al Sharpton, and all these folks that are running. President Trump down so much? Ain't it amazed before he got president, he was the best thing in the world. Every one of them's got pictures taken with him. With their arm around him. Come on, somebody. It's a truth anyhow. Hallelujah. Glory. So, These people were conspiring now to stop him, to kill him. David, we read the scripture a while ago. He said, they're fleeing from me. He said, they despise me. When at one time, everybody in Israel was giving praise to David. Look what a handsome young man this guy is. This young man killed Goliath. Man, I want to constantly be in his shadow. But things got turned around once he got anointing put on him. Things changed once God called him out from one purpose to another. Glory to God. So we have to notice that David was admired and liked by everyone until he was called out and anointed by Samuel to step into his destiny to be a king. Go back and read his whole life. You'll see what I'm telling you is true. From that time on, listen to me, from the time that Samuel anointed him, From that time on, somebody was always out to get him. 
So there were many times in David's life he could have prayed this prayer of Psalms 31. He could have prayed it and he could have said it when King Saul was attacking him and throwing javelins at him. He could have prayed it and he could have talked about it when his own son rebelled against him. He could have done it, amen, when the city of Ziklag was defeated. And many, many more times in his life, we don't know for sure which events in David's life inspired Psalm 31. But as I study it and I read it out, personally, I lean toward what David was going through in 1 Samuel chapter 30 that inspired him to write this Psalms. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 5. Let's read it. Hallelujah. Now it happened when David, uh, we're not, um, that's verse 2 there. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked uh uh, south and Ziglag attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burnt with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever been there? Have you ever cried so much that you didn't think you could ever squeeze another tear out? Hallelujah. And David's two wives, Ahinanam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. I want everybody to think about David's dilemma right here. He had, he had already been running from Saul, who had turned on him. Everything was cool between King Saul and David until one day King Saul heard the people say, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. He let an old jealous spirit come in. You know, if you ever get yourself secure in Christ of who you are, you won't have to be jealous of nobody. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not jealous of nobody else. There's nobody else that can, that can bother me. All I can do is what God has ordained me to do, what He's called me to do. And if somebody comes along and does basically the same thing and does it, does it better and can can, uh, can uh, take it further, I praise God for him. Because we're working together. We shouldn't be in competition. This apostolic church right here should never be in that competition with any other apostolic church nowhere. 
But that's what happened here. David's dilemma, he was running from Saul who had turned on him. He had his own followers who had set up headquarters in the town of Ziklag. Now, Ziklag was where David and his men, the people that were following him, had set up headquarters. They couldn't be in Jerusalem because of Saul. Which the Malachites had now invaded and burned it. Now think about this. His followers began to turn on him. And he was hit on all sides. His future of being king of Israel was looking bleak, to say the least. Wow. Psalms 30 and verse 6. And David was greatly distressed. Now this is why I feel in my spirit after this event that David began to write down and pray this prayer and supplication in Psalm 31. David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stone in him. These are all of those folks that come from the north, south, and east, and west to gather themselves unto David. It was 400 people came together, and they were following David. But now something had happened, and just as much as they did love David, now they hate him. They despise him. They come back, and they find their city burnt to the ground. Nobody's got a wife at home to bake biscuits. The Malachites got in there baking biscuits for them. So they got together and talked about stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But I love this right here. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David had come to a point in his life he had nobody else. You hear what I'm saying? He couldn't go to Jerusalem. King Saul and all of them was out to get him because Saul was scared he was trying to take over the throne. And now all the people that had been following him, going with him, they were talking amongst themselves about we need to just stone this fellow. He's got us out here, and our city's burnt down. Our families are gone, our children, our wives, everything is taken captive. David was left alone. He was being hit on every side. Have you ever been in a place that you felt like you was being hit from every direction? Bombarded from every direction. David had nobody he could go to and talk to. Nobody was walking up to David and patting him on the back and saying, well, now, David, it's going to be all right. You know God's been with you from the time you slew Goliath. It's going to be all right. Nobody was there to encourage David. Nobody. So did David just give up on his promise? 
Did he give up on the word of God and the anointing that Samuel had placed in his life? When David had nobody else to encourage him, when David had nobody else to lift him up, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That's why I say this is how David encouraged himself. Put back up my main scripture reference, Psalm 31, 1 through 15. Put that back up, the very one we started out. He began to encourage himself. This is what he said. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Now, don't this make a little bit difference now that you understand where David was at when he was writing this? He said, deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. You say, what was he doing? He was encouraging himself in the Mm. Hallelujah. Verse 11 said, I'm not going to read it all at the same time. He said, I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. It's not just Saul after me now. All these other people that's been here with me are talking about stoning me. These are the ones that are supposed to be my confidants. Mm. Verse 12, he said, I am forgotten like a dead man. Out of mind, nobody remembers what happened with Goliath no more. Nobody remembers that great victory that day. David said, I am like a broken vessel. For I hear the slander of many. Think about it. Here he is in a tent out in the middle of nowhere. And he can hear the people, his neighbors out there around him, slandered him, saying, David is not the man we thought he was. He's not the leader. He's not the pastor I thought he was. This would have never happened. Hallelujah. We just need to rid ourselves. David was in a tent. Hearing all that junk going on from those who's supposed to love him, those who's supposed to have his back, nobody to encourage him. He began to encourage himself in the Lord. Verse 14. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, You are my God. My times or my future is in your hands. Right now, things don't look good. I don't understand this season of life I'm going through right now. I thought I would be sitting on the throne of Israel by now because of the Word. Everywhere I look, somebody's wanting to kill me. Saul's searching for me. Now all these people that gather around me are supposed to be my closest confidants. They're out there talking about stoning me. But David, he encouraged himself in the Lord 
when he said, my future is not in the hands of King Saul. My future is not in the hands of all those people that did call me their friends who's outside my tent right now thinking about stoning me. They ain't got my future. I want to tell somebody here today, just trust God no matter what you go through. No matter what hits you up, just trust God. Because I give you a word from God today. Your future is in His hands. It ain't in nobody's else. No. I hear that on the school bus. Elementary school. There were two, two little girls sitting back in my bus the other day. One of them was jabbering, jabbering away. And the other one just looked at her and said, I just wish you'd shut up. She looked back at the first one and said, you ain't the boss of me. You know what I do? Every time the devil comes a knocking at my door, telling me what's going to do, telling me my ministry ain't going to go no further, telling me this ain't going to happen, that ain't going to happen, telling me he's going to take me down and take me out, I just look at that booger man and I say, booger man, you ain't the boss of me. God is taking me somewhere. God is leading me somewhere. And devil and all his angels in hell can't stop me because they ain't my future ain't in their hands. Your future is in the hand of God. Give him praise. It feels pretty good to be 64 and still preach like this. One more point and I'm going to close. I want to talk about God's plans for you. One final scripture. God's plans for you. This is what I want to leave with everybody. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is Jehovah talking now. <laughs> for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. There's another translation that I like that says, I know the plans that I have for you. Hallelujah. You ever played? Uno or Rook or some kind of card game and you're in heated battle and like Ronnie can do, he can lay down something on there with a smirk on his face and I got you. 
Oh, but you don't know what I got. When I lay down something that trumps what he got and it says, I'm changing color and draw forth. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What you got trumps anything the devil can lay on the table. Stand with me.